We are live. Yes, we're live. Hello, V. Hi, how What's, are you? I am great. How are you? Doing well. How are you? <laughs> Can you tell I'm so, a little nervous? So I could tell. I could tell. Yeah. And um, but that's okay. It happens. It's your first podcast, you're telling me? Yes. Cool. So it's been a dream of mine to be on a podcast. So oh, really? Thank you for making this come true. Of course. Oh my God. No, that that makes me happy. Yeah. I'm uh I'm um thank you for being here. I know uh you must be very busy. You have a family, you have kids, and you're a realtor. And uh, contrary to what a lot of people may think, realtors actually do work hard. Oh <laughs> at least at least successful ones do. Yes. Um, <laughs> a lot of people think that showing homes is just like, oh, it's a great gig. And I'm like, showing homes is like 10% of what I do. Right. That's the fun part. 90% of what I do is drama control. Sure. All the bullshit that happens in the back. Um, the drama. I'm like, that's really what we do. It's really what we get paid to do is all the emotions and the crap and everything. So when I get to show homes, I'm like, ah, this is easy. So, yeah, I didn't realize how much work was involved in, in, uh, being a realtor until I bought my first house, uh, something like three years ago in El Paso. And, uh, I just saw what, what, you know, all that my realtor had to do to, to, to go from showing me houses to, all right, we're making an offer, offer accepted, and then you're like, oh, offer accepted. So that's it, right? And then it's like, oh my God, between offer accepted and closing is just so many steps. That's when all the hurdles happen. And if nobody's ever bought a house, it, it's a lot. Mm -hmm. It's a lot. And even on closing day, stuff can go wrong. As a matter of fact, with my house, um, on closing day, there was a few repairs that, minor repairs, but nonetheless, the sellers had agreed to take care of. And, and they didn't. Well, they were out of the country. <laughs> And so they tasked their realtor, the selling agent, with getting that stuff done, right? And so um, that agent was really just, I mean, worthless. Yeah. And um, the repairs never got done. We had first inspection, second inspection, third inspection. I After the second inspection, I was like, I'm not paying for any more inspections. Right. Right. So then that started coming out of the seller's pocket. Uh, we ended up doing a total of four inspections because the third one, the inspector showed up and he's like, nothing's changed. Dang. So then we had to do a fourth one and the repairs ended up being done the morning of closing day. And I told my realtor, I was like, look, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I don't, I know this is not your fault and um, I don't want you to lose out on this deal and I don't want to lose out on the house, yeah. but I'm not going to sign. I'm not going to close until they fix that stuff because after the money gets transferred, there's what? no incentive. No. Well, if no. they didn't do it before. They had the money. Now they have the money. Well, well, legit. Exactly. And and again, it wasn't the sellers. They just had a crappy agent. Yeah. Um, and so that, that was one of those things. That was another thing that I realized about being a realtor is that it's not just about like what you do. You could be doing everything right and still have a deal fall through because of the selling agent or the buying agent, depending on what side you're on. That's got to be frustrating. So today, like two hours ago, I get a call. <clears throat> from the listing agent. So I have the buyer. We're supposed to close next next week. And the listing agent calls me. And she's like, hey. So I just found out some horrible news. And I was like, what? My sellers have been lying to me. They have not been paying their mortgage since October. <sighs> so with the current deal that we have, Title just sent the paperwork. And my sellers are going to have to bring $26,000 of the closing table. They don't have the money. Jeez. So so here we are. I'm like uh, five days away from closing. I have to call my buyer, let her know what's going on. And she's explained to the sellers, like, get some family members, figure out how you can come up with this money. Because in theory, 
my buyer has the right to sue them. So it's always a fun day. Um, it's just the more, the longer I'm in real estate, the more that I see in the crazy stuff. I'm just like, you can't make this up. All these crazy scenarios will always pop up and, uh, it keeps things interesting for sure. So that was today, but I have so many crazy ass stories I could tell you. So, but hold on, back, uh, let's go back to that. What, what happens now? They owe mortgage money since October. Since October. So Taxes. they can't close. The bank won't let them close. Like what, how, 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 how's that going to shake out? Ah, they're probably going to go into foreclosure. So, so a couple things can happen. One, she was like, well, what if, if we reduce realtor commissions to 1% instead of the typical three and three, the 26th day that they need 1% for you too, right? 1% for me, 1% for her. Um, then it cuts the 26 grand down to 13. So they would only have to bring 13 to the table. And the home appraised for $3,000 more than the contract price. So maybe if your buyer wants to bring an extra 3K and I'm like, so you're telling me that you'd be giving up your commission. I'd be giving up my commission and my buyer would be bringing extra money to pay off these people's debt. Sounds like a bad deal. She's like, and she's like, no, you're right. And she's just trying to be creative to try and. Creative is, creative is one way to put it. <laughs> yeah. And, and sometimes you have to be, yeah. this, this crazy stuff happens, but she feels, she feels so bad. And I feel bad for her. I'm just sure. like, your people have been, I mean, like straight up lying. Um, but that's what? not going to work because anything that we contribute, we're, I feel bad for this family. So what happens next is we can't close. They cannot go, you know, staying up to their end of the bargain. In theory, my buyer could, you know, hire a real estate attorney and sue them. Now, quite frankly, my buyer is not going to do that and she's not going to go through that hassle. Yeah. Suing broke people doesn't win you a whole lot. No. And um, I, this is a young couple. And I mean, I, I feel for them. Unfortunately, this is just going to kind of fall through. My buyer will get her earnest money back, but it just sucks. We're just going to have to start all over again. And they uh, might be able to go into a short sale, which will take months or foreclosure. So. Well, so if somebody has been, has not been paying their mortgage, they can't sell their house. They so don't, don't they have enough equity in the house? How long have they had it? Because if they have enough equity in the house, the bank will just take their cut out of that. Correct. But then there would still be a balance because of the selling price. Yeah. So that, that wouldn't work. The bank would be covered, but then your buyer is still screwed. Yes. Right. So right. Yeah. they're in a position where unfortunately they have not taken care of the home. So it was listed at a certain price. We offered $20,000 less. So believe it or not in this market, if you find those gems um, where it really just needed cosmetic work, we got it for $20,000 less and they accepted it. So if somebody were to pay them the list price, they could maybe sell it, you know, with four or $5,000 out of pocket. But whatever has been going on, they apparently owe so much. And even the equity that's there. Do they owe taxes too? Because that's a problem, right? If yeah. you if you buy a house from somebody and they and taxes are owed on that property, you absorb that, right? It becomes your responsibility to pay those taxes as the new home buyer. I don't like to use the term homeowner. I always say there's no such thing as a homeowner, especially in Texas because of the property taxes <laughs> we pay. There's only home buyers. Yeah. But as 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 the person who now let's say is in control of that property, you do take on the delinquent taxes, don't you? Not necessarily. So in this particular case, title would be responsible 
for paying all those monies out, which is part of the money that they owe. So in really, if they don't have the money, it's they'll probably go into some sort of foreclosure or mm. so that, I mean, that'd be cool. Wait for them to foreclose and then go, go, yeah. buy, go buy it from the bank yeah. after it's been foreclosed for like 60 cents on the dollar. Yep. <laughs> so pay your mortgage people. Don't, no don't, kidding, uh, right? yeah. Don't pay, pay house broke. Too. Pay your credit cards. Yeah. Moral yeah. of the story. Yeah. Right. There, there's always, it, 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 it frustrates me when I see like, like, the, you know, there's always, Think of the stereotypical 23, 20, whatever, 20 some year old um, that just doesn't really have a grasp on life. And they've taken out three, four credit cards. They maxed them all out on traveling and shopping and drinking. It's like everyone. <laughs> That's a lot of people. And they've got a credit score of like 395. Mm-hmm. And they think that capitalism is the reason why they're poor. Yeah. And it's like, you maxed out four credit cards. Like, what do you think was going to happen? You got to pay that money back. It's the YOLO mentality. It is the it's, YOLO mentality. And, and I kind of fell in that too. Luckily, I didn't have, <gasps> I had like 2000. What's your credit score? No. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> I'm kidding. You don't have to answer that. I was like, mine's <laughs> right under, it's not that great. Mine, mine under 700. But if I pay, there's like a little thing where it shows you where if you pay off your card to like, I don't know, it's really, if I pay like $200, it'll jump up like 40 points. So I'm in the middle of doing that right now. <laughs> wait, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. How? What do you have to pay so, $200 on? It's, it's about keeping your cards at a certain percentage, right? Uh, that's so a, that's the income that's ratio. Income, right. So yeah. the key is if you have your cards always under like 30%, it'll increase your credit score significantly. So I think mine are like at 50%, but if I pay, but it doesn't matter. It's it's whatever the max is, right? So on like one card, it's like $4,500 limit and I have like 2500 so I just pay down to a thousand or twelve hundred sure. very quickly will that score jump up. So you gotta look at all your cards, all the maxes, and then do the math and be under 30%. What's annoying about that is during the pre-approval process of the first house that I bought, the bank, I mean the way they look at things, the way they calculate debt to income is really annoying. It was really getting on my nerves <laughs> because like I'll have I'll have a hundred dollar balance on one of my credit cards yeah and just because there's a monthly minimum payment of yes. 25 bucks they're gonna count it they count that and, uh, and so my my you know my um what's what's her job title the uh the lady who does the um the home loans um loan oh, officer yeah, she she told me she's like she's like just don't use that credit card anymore i'm like i just you know, that that's just my gas card. That's just what I, you know, I use it just for that. And she's like, yeah, just don't, don't use that anymore because that $25 a month is like getting calculated into you. I'm like, fuck it's 25 bucks. Yeah. Are you kidding me? And yeah, it's just, they're so, but that's why nobody defaults in their first year. Yeah. You know that? Nobody defaults in their, like zero. Really? Yeah, Cause no, it's so defaults in their first year. They don't want people to not pay the mortgages. Well, uh, because it is such a thorough process. Well, I don't know if that data is still accurate today. The the guy that I heard explain this, I think he was talking, he was talking up until the 2008 crash because he was giving a talk about, you know, what caused the 08 crash. And he was mm-hmm. talking like up until that point, zero mortgages would default um, during the first year because you go through such an extensive, extensive approval process. That, right. I mean, they, they, you know, they, they, they look at your, your income history, your employment history, uh, there's all these measures to make sure that you're not going to default right after you move into your house. Then some defaults will happen, I believe he said, in the second and third year. Mm-hmm. And then after the third year, it goes back down to zero because by then there's enough equity in the property so that if you need to get out, 
you you've got some money in there so you can you can sell it and, yeah. and, and get your money out. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So people a lot of times think, especially a lot of first time home buyers are like, I have a student loan of like 50 grand and I got all this credit card debt. We're talking about people who are young. And so everything is monthly. So whatever your student loans are, 50K, 60K, 100K, whatever you're paying monthly, if it's 200, 300, that's what they look at. Your cards, even if they're all maxed out and you have 20K worth of debt, um, your minimum payments on all those cards is what we're going to take into account. So it's just not just so people are like, I can't buy a house. I have like 50 grand worth of debt. It doesn't help you that doesn't <laughs> yeah. help that you have all that debt, but it's not impossible. True. So it's just True. about kind of figuring it out. But so what's, hope. what's it been like being a realtor for the last two years? Crazy. Yeah. So I've been being, I've been a realtor for six years going on six years and 2020 is a crazy year. Mm-hmm. Because as we know, COVID began and it was like around April was kind of like the lockdown happened. And so I was preparing to be like, oh, this is going to be like, I guess, a slump of a year. And I swear in the first like two weeks, I had multiple people texting me like, hey, I want to buy a house. I want to buy a house. And it was so crazy because interest rates went really low and then even lower and then even lower. And I'm like, I swear everybody's stuck in their house right now, just like looking around, like everyone's annoyed with each other or being like, we're working from home. We don't have enough space and everyone's watching HGTV. So it's just like all of a sudden, everybody had the same idea. We need to buy a house right now. And everybody expected, okay, there's unemployment, people are furloughed, all that. But the people who were not affected by that were able to totally take advantage so um, there were tons of families that I was like, what? That just like came out of the woods to be like, we're ready to buy, we're ready to sell, we're ready to buy. Where, and where did all these people come from? So, Like a lot of locals or did you see a lot of? At the time, it was pretty 50-50. A lot of people who were from San Antonio, which for the record, most of my business, it's always been referral based. So it was people from San Antonio. Um. People who were just ready to get a bigger house. And I think like that one month lockdown of being in your house, they were just like, oh, all the issues I've had with my house, I'm really seeing it now because I can't leave. So I think it just really kind of got under their skin to where they're just kind of like, we're ready. So that and then around that time period, we started getting people from the West Coast, from blue states that were just like, what's happening? By like midsummer. I started having out-of-state people who I never had uh, before. But so San Antonio people referred me to people who were out-of-state. They were like, we can't be in California anymore. We can't be in Portland anymore. We can't be in Seattle anymore. Screw this. We're going to Texas. And Austin's super expensive. And Dallas and Houston just have a different vibe. So for whatever reason, they came to San Antonio, New Braunfels, Bernie. And it just started like pouring in to the point where my business, which was mostly San Antonians. Then 2020 was like 50, 50, uh, 2021 was, man, I think close to like 70% were people coming from out of state. And we're getting getting what, like 500 people a week coming to San Antonio. I think so. 500 a week is is, uh, the last statistic I heard. I think I heard you say that. Yeah. That's a lot. I'm one of those. (laughs) Yeah. I moved here from El Paso, right? Yeah. But still, I mean, you know, new to San Antonio. I actually stayed in uh, New Braunfels for the first couple of months for about three months until I closed on my house. 
um what a what a what a fight that was mm. to get my house jeez i mean it, it, i i still can't believe how much i had to offer above asking so how how much was it. that 30 grand when was that was that september. last summer i think september, september. yeah yeah it's crazy yeah so uh same uh last may cuz 2020 was still solid the people who were out shopping got phenomenal rates, got stuff at list price. Maybe there were a couple multiple offers, but things were like normal, maybe you five, 10 K over. It was very, very strong market, but it was more like normal. 2021 was just, it went, I think people went ape shit. Yeah. Um, a lot of people just started bouncing out of California. Yes. They're just like, fuck this. We're out. I had and uh, for good reason too. I mean, if you, if you keep up with what's going on in LA, it's, it's a disaster. Who would want to live there when you're paying an additional 13.5%, I think it is income state tax. You would at least hope to get some decent infrastructure and clean streets and low crime. Oh yeah. And so when they're not even providing you that, you're like, well, why am I staying here paying all this money? I'm leaving. I had a client who fled. So, uh, from California, she's an author actually. And I can't remember the time period. It must have been like November of 2020 where all of a sudden they were doing the shutdowns of like martial law where like come this day, 5 p.m. They were going to arrest you if you were like out of your house. Yeah. So at that point, she just like packed all the necessities, put her special needs daughter in the car, started driving. And then they stopped at like a Luby's to eat still in California because they hadn't left the state yet. And then it was getting close to five. And so the cops showed up and they're like, you need to go back to your house or we're going to arrest you. She got in the car and just drove. She's like, I drove for like three days straight. And she was planning on going to the woodlands. And then she stopped here in San Antonio and was like, God just told me to stop. So I'm here. And we finally like rested. And then God told her to stop in San Antonio. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of affiliation does God have to say? She was praying. She was praying <laughs> for, I mean, for guidance. We're like, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing, but I know that California is not it anymore. Sure, and she sure. just knew that she was coming to Texas, but didn't know where. Did you hear the story? Speaking of, of uh, shutdowns and quarantines, did you hear the story about the lady in China who went on a blind date? And then there was a, uh, so she went to the guy's house and then there was a shutdown or quarantine initiated while she was at his house. She, she was trapped there for like two weeks. Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> yeah. I just read that earlier today, actually. What an awkward I think it was kind of recent too. Date. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <sighs> hey, lock them up. Let's see, you know, maybe let's see what happens. Yeah, it's like a reality show. They'll really get to know <laughs> each other. Let me see if I yeah, it's right there. I was reading this early. Woman stuck at Blind Date's house after swift COVID lockdown, swift COVID lockdown in China. This was, uh, oh, that was a week ago. So they're doing lockdowns again? Uh, I guess so. Or oh. that's just when the story was posted. I don't yeah. know. A woman in Zhengzhou went viral last week when she posted videos on the Chinese social media platform WeChat about how she unintentionally got stuck at her blind date's house during a very she sudden probably lockdown. Planned. She probably planned that She shit. probably planned it. She goes to get, get away from the kids. <laughs> yeah. You know, she's like, let me just stay with this guy. She's like, he's the one. They're going to go lockdown <laughs> today and I'm just going to like go over yeah. and then we'll see if it works out. It's hilarious. He's probably like, Oh fuck. <laughs> I, I got to feed her for like a week. Yeah. You know? that's true. Yeah. And then she probably didn't pack any clothes. So like, 
I guess if they got along, that wouldn't be a problem. She'll just wear like a bathrobe or something. That's true. She'll put on wrap herself in a towel. Yeah. Hey, this is my outfit. This works out. It's got to wash towels every couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> this has got to be something of a concern for anybody in your line of work right now. Interest rates going up. Uh, how's that? How, how are things shaking out with that? I think so today, apparently they went down a little bit, but every day this week thus far, they've been creeping up. There's lots of rumors. Um, that the Fed might be taking one big hike next week. I don't know, like a full point maybe. So <clears throat> it's going to be a really interesting year. That's just what I keep telling everybody. I think it's going to weed out a lot of people. Like I think there's like close to 20,000 agents in San Antonio. 20,000? Yeah. Is but, that, that sounds like a lot. Yes. So like everybody and their mom is a realtor, including my mom. My mom's a realtor. She's awesome. I, I'm, I'm going to get to that. Yeah. I, I have a joke about that, but go on. Yeah. <laughs> but because, well, think about it. Um, 3% um, of a $200,000 house, or just like, let's say 300000 because at this point, for the most part, prices have gone up tremendously. Yeah. So 3% is 9K. So even for people who are part-time, I'm a teacher, I'm a whatever, and I'm going to keep my license because my license costs like $1,500 a month, I mean, a year to just have it activated. Uh, I get one deal because somebody wants to sell their house or buy a house, $9,000. I just paid for my vacation. Sure. I just paid for it. So a lot of people, it's very difficult. Wait, what you're talking about is, is just to clarify, the average house price in San Antonio right now, about $300,000. Right. As an agent, you get 3%. So that's your $9,000 commission. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So it's it's very it's good money when you make it, um, but being in real estate like full time is very difficult to have that money come in consistently. So the majority yeah. of the agents are you know like not full time agents. Um, so with a market like this, I think it's going to unfortunately weed out a lot of those people because it's going to get tougher. You have to be a stronger negotiator, be more witty on top of everything. Um, and it used to just be really easy to get deals. And I feel like a lot of people are getting weeded out. For example, there are current, like I have current um, people who are buying. And with these interest rate hikes, we lost like $30,000. So meaning they were approved for 300000 Interest rates have gone up so much that uh, now they can only afford two seventy. Good. And so they can only afford 270 and what sucks is we have to like overbid because it's so competitive. So do we look at 250 now? Because we have to look at 250 to potentially offer more. But what sucks is we were looking at a 300 range. So now we're looking at 250 and those houses aren't Big the same. Difference. Big, Big difference. difference. Yeah. So it's just, it's going to be tough. Um, but on the positive side, uh, we there was a for like a forecast today like for real estate that they they put on and um, they're expecting for equity to just keep going up price to keep going up so for any homeowners or if you can get in the market very quickly or buy soon um, the incentive is is like they're not expecting any slowdown with pricing they expect prices to continue going up uh, on average. Uh, year to year, like the average home gains about like $10,000 worth of equity. Um, so you buy your home at 200,000 and then by the next summer, it's usually worth around like 210 on average in San Antonio. Uh, they're expecting that $10,000 growth to happen like every 90 days. 
this year. Fuck. So for homeowners. Well, that's, that's see the, the thing that, by the way, that answers the question that, um, uh, our friend Nate who introduced us, by the way, thank you, Nate. Um, he asked, do you, th- do you think people who have paid crazy over will be burned? And if so, for how long? So um, I think that answers that with the prices just continually rising. They're not expecting it to. <clears throat> yeah. Um, the thing that troubles me about home values going up that fast, aside from the fact that like anybody with a, with a, with a job with a set salary where mm-hmm. they just don't have the option of raising their income, uh, which is the majority of people, the vast majority of people they're going to be left out of the market. And the really the other big problem with that is our property taxes are already super high. And with house prices going up the way they are, the central appraisal district just keeps like, oh, well, look, you know, you paid $5,000 property tax last year on your house. Now you owe $7,000. And you're like, wait a minute. What the hell? Do I- oh, yeah. Well, congratulations. Your house value went up. It's like, fuck that. Yeah. You know, I don't want it to go up. Yeah. I'm paying, just paying more taxes. Give me some breathing room. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. That's a real problem with like, I, I just, every time they tell me, oh, your, your, your house value just went up. I'm like, oh, geez, bigger tax bill. Yeah. <laughs> I just want, I just want house prices to stay the same forever or get rid of property taxes and, you know, let the, let the real estate market work itself out like everything else. Yeah. It's going to be interesting for sure. And the thing is, is there's no, uh, people are still pouring in. So even though things are starting to get tight with interest rates going up and pricing going up, there's no shortage of demand. Yeah. Well, I've noticed, I mean, the 35, I don't know how it was pre-COVID before everybody started moving to Texas, but the the I-35 sucks. That's like when I moved here, I was like, oh, geez. Um, it's, I don't know. I mean, it looks like they keep doing construction, trying to expand it, but they can't expand it fast enough. I don't think. And there's always an accident. So like if you're on the three lane part of the highway, it's really a two lane. There's always an accident. Yeah. <sighs> it even happens every once in a while where they close the whole thing and you're like there for an hour and a half. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks. Um, so I, I have a joke about like, I feel like in the last, I don't know, three years or something, everybody who was just sitting around not doing anything decided to become a realtor. Yeah. And so I say like, um, <clears throat> how do I put it? Realtor is the new synonym for unemployed. That's good. Along with influencer and entrepreneur. <laughs> Those are the Accurate. three. Yeah. When people tell, oh, I'm an influencer. I'm like, all right, go get a job. Yeah. I'm trying <laughs> I'm to be all three, so there you go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, you know, I mean, look, I mean, if you're, if you, if you're really working at something, um, if, if I, I tell, like I met a guy one time, perfect example. He's like, oh, I have three web, three online businesses now. And, you know, three, three, he had three separate websites for, I don't know what. And he's not making any money. And I was like, well, you don't have a business. You have a website. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, or, or you just have a business that is not currently making you any money. And I mean, that's fine. Business, you've got to start somewhere. I get right. it. But uh, there's just people who, like we talked about earlier, who think that like, oh, I'm going to go get my real estate license and then deals are just going to fall in my lap. And oh, I'm, a- I'm just, I'm just going to go out on the weekend and sell a house and make like $15,000. So I had a, this is years ago. There was a. A son of a friend. So he was like, he's like 24. And he was just like, yeah, I think I'm going to get my real estate license and I'll just sell. I'm just going to focus on selling homes in the Dominion. The Dominion is like one of the nicest neighborhoods in San Antonio where 
you know, Spurs players live there, big time lawyers live there, so it's multi-million dollar properties. And so that was his strategy. He was just like, I'll oh, just get my license and just just sell homes there. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, bro, you don't think anybody would like to do that? Like- <laughs> well, and, the, and then there's there's people that have relationships that have been in the community for much longer that are just, they're, they're ahead of you. Absolutely. The relationships play a big, big role in, uh, in real estate success, real, real estate agent success. I think relationships are everything and anything you in, ever want to do. Any industry, right? Yeah. Yep. I mean, they're, the more people that you know, the more people that you meet, that you, I don't know, just really create a relation, a genuine relationship with, that just only creates opportunities. You so, got to know people. I, I actually just made a friend a couple of days ago, and I think he's the answer to my hunting problem. <laughs> I've been just like going crazy trying to find a spot to hunt. Like hunting, and, like yeah, dove yeah, hunting yeah, yeah. and deer like hunting? dove hunting, duck oh, hunting, all that. Okay. I've, I've been just losing my mind trying to like researching the, just everything that I can. It's so damn hard to hunt around here. Um, unless, I got some unless people. you do, yeah. Oh, sweet. See relationships. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm ran into this guy <clears throat> just when I was out, <clears throat> excuse me, out and about a couple of days ago. I was I passed by this gun shop and I just went in there went in there to see what they have and we started talking. He's like, "Dude, you want to hunt? Just here, yeah, here, get my number. You can come over. I've got a lot of land and we there can shoot you whatever know. you want." I'm like, "Sweet man, let's do it." That's so, awesome. Relationships, yeah, it's been frustrating. I thought, uh, I feel like this, like you know, these uh, the Texas Park whatever wildlife website is set up intentionally to sabotage people. How so? Just to give the warden a reason to come screw with you. Well, you can't figure anything out. <laughs> you cannot figure anything out. Like I spent, I spent the last two months trying to figure out when the fuck duck season is and yeah. where you can hunt, what kind of duck and the bag limits and all that. It is so confusing. I feel like you have to take a master's class mm. in hunting to figure out like, oh, you can hunt dove over here from this date to that date. And then again, the following month, but you can't do it in the north zone. You got to be in the central zone and duck and you can have six, but but it's got to be, yeah, like you can't have more than five mallards and only two of them can be hens. And then you you can have one pintail and one duck wood, wood duck. Like it's, 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 it's super involved and you don't ever want to give a warden a reason to come screw with you. No. Because they'll, I mean, they'll take your guns, they'll take your your kills, they'll arrest you, they'll cite you. I didn't realize (laughs) how much power. uh, A lot. (laughs) Yeah, wardens have. Yeah. Yeah. Do you hunt? No. But I like to shoot. But you know people. Yeah. So I I like guns. I they like you too. (laughs) My husband's into guns. If you oil them. So for Christmas, his birth it, it was December a couple years ago. I was like eight months pregnant. And I was like, I'm going to buy an AR-15 for him for Christmas. Wonderful idea. And so I went to Bass Pro Shop and they're like, how can we help you? And I'm like, I don't know. Uh, so I had the guy kind of, because I don't know what I'm doing, but I had the expert tell me. And I'm like, okay, if it sounds good to you, then it'll sound good to him. I was so nervous because I'd never purchased a gun before and then it was going to be an AR-15. So I you know, did the background check, all that. And at the very end, they're like, do you want us to help you? carry this to your car and i was like no i got it i felt like such a badass carrying the air <laughs> pregnant all the way through and people kept looking at me and i'm just like it's okay well, this is out of love <laughs> <laughs> yeah they didn't put it in the box for you they just let you carry it no no, no. they put it in the box oh, yeah okay that yeah. doesn't the story doesn't sound as cool when i'm carrying a box <laughs> but it's still air 15 yeah I, I, <laughs> like in my mind i go for the specifics because i worked at a gun store for you 
for like five years in El Paso. Oh, really? Yeah, it was, yeah. It was in a box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Um, that was another place I went trying to get some information. That's where I went and got my license and my tags. And I'm just like, okay, explain this to me. Nobody can explain anything to me. Anyway, you know, we, 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 I digress. Um, another one that I feel another synonym for unemployed, I feel like is, or, or there's this, there's this thing that my God, everybody talks about. And although I want to do it, I don't use the term house flipper or house flipping. (laughs) I don't say I want to flip a house and be like, Oh, so you want to buy real estate? What do you want to do? Like you want to flip? I'm like, no, I want to buy and sell. <laughs> like I just don't want to. I feel like that word is so overused and just get, gets thrown around so casually, and everybody uses it doesn't have a clue. What, what everybody the, what wants the to be a house flipper. Everybody wants to because they saw that show, yeah, and they think that they're oh, I'm gonna go in or I'm gonna paint it bright colors and I'm gonna open it up and I have vision. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, they have no clue what they're talking about. I have a friend. And he was a realtor for many years, more years than I, very experienced. And he started flipping houses. So he bought one, bought two, bought three, three projects at the same time. And, oh, man, it's not like what he expected. Uh, people don't show up. People steal your stuff. People break in. Um, you know, people will not will put windows, but they're not square. All these crazy, crazy, crazy things that you don't even expect. City yeah. permits, going through that. Um, and I'm just like, dude, but you, like, you knew part of this. He, like, you were in con- new construction. You were a realtor. You, you know, you knew a lot. And he was like, I didn't even know what I didn't know. So, um, yeah, I realized at the time, I was like, oh, maybe I'll do this too. No way. My dad flipped a house as well. Same thing. Did he do a good um, job with it? Did he actually He ended it? up firing everybody. And literally, <laughs> he's a handyman. Okay. But he travels Monday through Friday, you know, around the U.S. as a businessman. But he's always had real estate. He always had rentals and properties. And so he was like a couple years ago. He's like, you know what? One of my rentals, it wasn't really a flip. But I was like, because I had it for many years. So it's not really considered a flip. But he totally renovated it. So he had, he's like, I'm Mexican. Like, I have friends who have friends. They'll help me out. So he had a whole crew. And literally, he was like, we're going to close this wall up and put two windows here. There for a couple hours, leaves, come back. The windows aren't square. Like, all these things, the baseboards, the wall ended up being kind of crooked. I mean, all of these things where he was like, I didn't realize. I'm like, put some windows in, make sure they're square, make sure the wall is straight, make sure the door is square as well. All these little details. If you don't have really good contractors, you are so screwed. You can, I mean, unless you can do everything yourself and that, that, you trust, that, that isn't really optimal because you trust a contractor that you trust because well, you'll go to three or four of them and still not, man, they're, they're hard to come by. Sure. And when you find a good one, you got, you got to hang on to them. Just like if you find a good realtor, cause there's a lot of realtors out there that just, ah, you know, if, 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 if that's, you know, if you end up with one of them, you're probably not gonna, not gonna, gonna fare suffer. too well. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I really think a lot of people have no clue what they're talking about when they talk about flipping houses and no. the, the contractor thing for sure. And, you know, there's, there's the people who want to start out and I'm kind of, I'm kind of in that boat. I'm like trying to figure out exactly what kind of jobs I would tackle myself mm-hmm. and what kind of jobs I would hire contractors to do. And the thing is like, there's this, there's often, you know, the reason a lot of people want to do everything themselves is like, Oh, you know, I know how to fix stuff. I know how to sheet rock and 
blah, blah, blah. I'll buy a house and I'll fix it all myself. I'll save a lot of money. And while that's true, on the flip side of that, if you're doing everything yourself, you're probably holding on to the property for a while longer Absolutely. than if you had a team costs. of workers. And so you're paying bills, you're paying taxes. Taxes start on day one yep. of you closing on that property. So you're, 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 you are going to be paying, you know, you, those costs are going to build up over time. I think this is just, I've never done it, but just from the research that I've done, a little bit of common sense, I like to think that I have some, is, <laughs> is um, you know, I realized, okay, it's like the hot potato. You want to get in, you want to, you want to pass it on to the next guy as fast yeah. as possible. Take the money, take the profit, move on to the next project. Yep. And a lot of people, if you, if you have your own cash and you're doing it, you still want to do things as quickly as possible, but there's, I mean, having like the workforce, having like laborers, having a team is what everyone's struggling with right now. I mean, even like big builders in San Antonio, um, you know, it used to normally take six, seven months to build a house from start to finish. We currently have 23 families building homes and the majority of them have been building from nine to 15 months. Um, and I'm calling to be like, what's going on? Like I have one lady, she's from Seattle. We started building, went into contract last May and they gave nine to 12 months. The home should be finished. Well, it's middle of January and they've only poured the foundation. Oh God. And I'm just like, That's so I'm terrible. talking to, um, is, it, is her family doing the, doing the building? No. Is it like her cousin? Is it's the, a, is it's the builder? a very <laughs> great builder uh -huh. who has a great reputation. And so that's what I'm saying. Like even these great phenomenal builders who have great reputations and great quality. Yeah. This is what's happening. Um, I, I, I mentioned that jokingly because I had a friend in El Paso who um, <clears throat> she had land and her brother's a builder. Mm -hmm. And she goes, yeah, she, she like, she moved in with her dad. She was like, her lease was up on her apartment. She was like, oh, I'm just going to stay with my dad for nine months. My brother told me that in nine months, my house will be done. And then, yeah, so she's like, it's a temporary thing. I said, if your brother's the builder, you're going to be living with your dad for about three years. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, no, why do you say that? He told me nine months, he'll get it done. I'm like, <laughs> it'll be three years. And sure enough, it was like two and a half years before she got her house. I believe it. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. We just don't rely on families. But I mean, especially like that's a big, I mean, building a house, it's a big project. How how cool is it though that we can get a house built, like a 2,000 square foot house built mm -hmm. in six months normally? Like, used to be. <laughs> used to be. I mean, but it, but even nine months yeah. or, or, or a year. Like how, I mean, think about how long the Egyptians took to build the pyramid of Giza. That's true. <laughs> it took forever. That's true. It's like multi-generational build. But those things were ginormous. I mean, sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. How many square feet is that pyramid? I don't know. Yeah. I wonder how many rooms are in it. Do you think they, do you think like nowadays they've hooked up Wi-Fi to the pyramids? Like you can go in there and there's a, there's they probably, a, there's, absolutely. there's Netflix in one of the chambers. <laughs> I'm thinking for like security purposes, those pyramids definitely have Wi-Fi. Do you think they have Vivint home, home <laughs> security or something? Yeah. I doubt that. <laughs> it's probably, well, yeah, maybe because they're all touristy, um, tourist attractions. Have you been? No, no, never been, never been to Egypt. Um, I, I'm not really somebody who gets a thrill out of 
going to countries and looking at stuff. Really? That's like my whole dream. That's why I do what I do. Really? <laughs> to make enough money <laughs> to go wander. <laughs> yeah. Um, I believe the, the verb is cottywample. Uh, the what? Cottywample. Nobody knows that word. No. Yeah, it, it means to travel with intent towards a vague destination, something like that. I think I think that's the definition. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. Word. Is that that's a verb? Yeah, to cottywample. To cottywample. Yeah. I want to cottywample. Yeah. <laughs> like for the rest of my life, basically. <laughs> it sounds it sounds almost like a term of endearment. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's a great word. I like words like that. Um, yeah, no, I don't, I don't like, I have absolutely zero desire to go look at the Eiffel tower or <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm more so interested in, in going out to nature. Like I do want to go to that lake in Montana that has all the colorful stones. You know what I'm talking about? No. There's a, yeah. What, what the heck is it called? I don't know. Lake Tahoe is beautiful. I want to go Tahoe. check that out. Uh, I'm more into like, let me go to a place where when I get there, there's there's an activity involved that's more than just sightseeing. Mm. Um, and and I don't know if part of that is because I grew up in Dubai and just was surrounded with magnificence. Um, yeah, magnificence is a good it, word. It just doesn't really, you know. I just I'm like, but even even when I went, you're like back when you see the most ago, incredible buildings and architecture, yeah. you know, in the world, then everything else is like. Yeah. Not that impressive. Yeah, there, I mean there there is there is a little moment of admiration when you see a magnificent structure like the last time I went about 5 years ago and I saw Burj Khalifa. Yeah. The tallest tower in the world and at night, oh my god, it is really something else at night. I mean during the day it's just a tall tower, but at night when they light it all up, yeah. it's it's pretty spectacular. And I was just looking up at it and I was like, "Whoa, this is fucking crazy." Um but is that worth a 24-hour flight to Dubai? Hell no. Yeah. Hell no. If I didn't have friends there, if I, if that wasn't my 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 home where I grew up, mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't go there just to see the buildings and the hotels and the malls. I'm like, fuck the malls. Do you go back a lot? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I'd like to. I, I was planning on going actually. When was it? Last year I was planning on going or in 2020? I think whatever it was. Because th these last two years just kind of blend together. Yep. Um, I think at the end of 2020, I was planning on going and that got canceled. Yeah, 2020, because I had a trip planned to Cancun in uh, in April of 2020. That got canceled. And then uh, I was talking to my friends about going to visit them. That got canceled. So it's been like five years since I've been to Dubai. I do miss it. Yeah. I do, yeah. yeah I miss my friends. I got some crazy, crazy friends over there. So I believe it. <laughs> so it doesn't compare to like, I'm like, the biggest thing I've ever been is like New York City. You I've never been can't... to New York, but... <sighs> But the, the the thought of I, I don't think I'll ever go to New York unless there's some kind of reason for me to go there, like a business reason or something like that. Because yeah. just to go there for enjoyment, I wouldn't enjoy it at all. I, I don't enjoy Why? I don't enjoy dense places. Mm. Just walking around, swarmed by people. You know, I tall buildings with people just piled on top of each other. I don't like that. Yeah, I, I like space. I even I even want to move to like in in a couple of years. I don't know where I'm going to move to. I mean, it can be done in Texas, but I'm thinking maybe like Tennessee or something. I want I want a lot of land. I want to live on a, at least a few acres because I want space. Yeah. I don't want. Well, that's my goal. I don't, I want like a hundred acres. Like I want a ranch. That'd be cool. Um, That's like an hour. Maybe that would solve my hunting away. problem. Yes. Yeah, I could just hunt on my ranch. <laughs> yeah. An hour, two hours away. And it's just kind of like the getaway when you need to just decompress and go out there once a month, twice a month. 
Yeah. Airbnb it while you're not there. Make some so, money. So I hear that Airbnb is dropping in popularity. Oh, I don't uh, know. And I, and I think for good reason because people like hotel amenities and they're mm. sick of paying all the stupid fees that Airbnb um, providers tack onto the bill. Yeah. And they're sick of like getting a bad review because they didn't do the dishes. And it's like, well, I paid a hundred dollar cleaning fee. I assumed that oh. y'all would take care of the dishes yeah. and stuff like that. I, the only time where we've really done Airbnb is when we have like a big group. You know, where that you want sense. like, do you want, the, you want the big, so I feel like. I mean, you, you could have, get a suite in some hotels. Yeah. But, yeah, but, but you if know. you want like the giant house, like the giant cabin, cause you're going to have like multi-families like coming together. I think that, you know, like, when you like to the snow, you get a giant cabin. I yeah. think that's cool. But aside from that, I have never rented an Airbnb over Me a hotel either. when it's like just my family. I, I just because I like the hotel. I agree. With you. I like the hotel amenities. Yeah, yeah. You got room service. If you need new towels, you just call them and they bring them up. But you know, when when it's time to leave, you just grab your stuff and leave. Yeah. Uh, you get rewards points. Yeah. <laughs> so does Airbnb do rewards points? I, I have know. no idea. Yeah. So I, I think the, the Airbnb thing just never really appealed to me. You know what I do? Whenever we travel, I've done this like five times in a row, and it's never failed me. So whenever I we're gonna go somewhere. I book the hotel through like Travelocity mm. and there's, you have to like scroll to find it. There's like that mystery hotel thing, right? So you can choose the stars. What, what's the mystery hotel? So thing? if you go to Travelocity, you have to search like, I want like the mystery hotel where you don't get told what hotel you're going to stay at until you book it. I don't like that. But hold on. I don't like surprises. Hold on. Okay. Because like, for example, first time I did this, <laughs> we we're going to New Orleans. And so you can choose where do you want this mystery hotel? Well, I want it in the French Quarter because that's where we're going. We're, you know, we're going to go and like hang out. So I chose the French Quarter and you can do, do you, does you, do you want your hotel to be one, two, three, four or five stars? And it tells you like the five star hotels are like, I can't remember, but like the obviously the nicest. So I went with four, which was like the Crown Plaza, like Weston or whatever. So all hotels that I'm like, cool, any of these I'd be completely happy with. The rate was $79 a night. Clicked it. I got the Crown Plaza on a canal in Bourbon Street, which is like exactly where you want to be in the French Quarter for mm. 80 bucks a night. And I was like, badass. So then I went to New York, did the same thing. Where do you want to be? You want to be in Times Square because it's like central Manhattan. I'm like, from there, we can go north, we can go south, sure. east, west. So I clicked Times Square, four star. We got like the W or whatever to be uh in uh in new york for like 150 a night when most that's hotel rates are like three to four hundred a night to be in the same area especially for the w that's pretty Absolutely. great so travelocity mystery hotel click your area click your four or five stars so you make sure you get a good one but don't pay the fees get it for a discount <laughs> we we could literally clip that segment and make send it to travelocity as an advertisement asking yeah. to pay you for it <laughs> that, was, that was great let's do it <laughs> <laughs> that was really Dude, good. that was pre-covid I felt hopefully like, that's still... i felt like i felt like <laughs> travelocity is a sponsor or something right? like, <laughs> thank you for sponsor travelocity i didn't know about that yes. I, I might have to check that out yes i mean the majority of the travel i do is work anyway so um we always stay in, in the marriott chain that's, yeah that's our preferred vendor uh, for the company I work for, Marriott was in there too. But, well, the W <laughs> that's that's one of Marriott's. Oh, okay. Top like of the line, sister, that's yeah. Like up there with the Ritz Carlton, and those are the uh, five star hotels. 
the Ritz and the. Is the W right below that? Maybe no. Maybe four? the W was also five. I don't know. Maybe know. we There's did five so in many. New York. Marriott owns everything. But just click four or five, and you'll be fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm gonna have to check that out. All right, thanks for the tip. Absolutely. See, next time I travel, what I want a Cotty Wonder or something. <laughs> Cotty Womple. Cotty Wom. I'm gonna write that down. Cotty Womple. That's the word of the day. Such Cotty a great word. Womple. Tips. What, what are some? What are some good? Good. Big words like that that people rarely use. I got another one. Spelunking. I know. I know what spelunking is. Yeah. When I first <laughs> heard it, I'm like, "You're bullshitting. That's not a real word." <laughs> yeah, right. Um, because I went spelunking once. Uh -huh. Spelunking. Spelunking. Whatever. Spelunking, yeah. Yeah. Cave Which is like cave. Yeah, like cave diving or whatever. Yeah. We got stuck in the cave. <laughs> I thought I was gonna die. Oh no. We were stuck for like an hour. An enchanted rock. We went into a cave. And quite frankly, I'm not sure if it was a cave that was like known to get in and out of, but we made it work. <laughs> like that could have been like that one movie where the guy is stuck in the cave and like barely makes it out alive. That could have been us. What movie is that? It's like 72 hours or 48 hours. Or something. It was James Franco. Oh, he's great. Yeah. I like him, but uh, yeah. I was just Did talking. You know he's never smoked weed in his life. I didn't know that. Oh, but so he says. <laughs> well, I, I mean, who cares? Yeah. You know, but uh, I, I was talking to actually when when our friend Nate was here uh, just a few weeks ago, we were talking on the podcast about James Franco. There's some kind of sex allegations Aww. that came up. Yeah. And then and then Nate told me, see, he he bursted my bubble about Paul Walker. Paul Walker was dating a 16 year old when he was 33. No. Did you know that? No. How come nobody knows that? I didn't know that. I watched the Fast and Furious. I've seen every one of them. I had no clue. I love Paul Walker. I know, right? I love but, Franco. These <laughs> are so sad. Yeah. Well, it just goes to show that we're all imperfect. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. I guess so. All of us. I mean, the thing is, like, if he was 33 and he was dating an 18-year-old, some people would still think that that's weird. Yeah, for sure. They're like, well, she's a teenager. He's a grown man. But it, But nobody would have it wouldn't have gone much past that. Yeah. Right. But the fact that legally we drew the line at 18 in some States, 16 actually. Yeah. But the fact that legally we draw, like what if, what if the legal limit was 15? I think that that definitely would play into people's perspectives and opinions. I think so too. Because I think, I think it would change things. Absolutely. I think there'd be a lot of guys out there who would start dating 15 and 16 year olds. If There's a lot of like guys that may be acceptable, legally acceptable. Legally. And then eventually society comes around. If it's legal, mm -hmm. eventually society comes around. Absolutely. Well, like, I mean, just think about a lot of social issues that, you know, like marijuana is one of them. Eventually yeah. society comes around as it becomes legal. People have a, a looser opinion about, about marijuana smokers. Absolutely. I think people think, you know what, if in this particular case, the government, right, because we're talking about legal issues, thinks that this substance is okay. Yeah. And there are people who know more than I do, then, okay, yeah. it must be okay. So I, I definitely agree that I think people will kind of like lean or go towards whatever is legal or not legal I to think shape so. their opinions. Yeah. Yeah. There'd be, you know, all of a sudden there'd be a whole bunch of, 15 year olds dating and marrying people in their 20s 30s 40s whatever and and um it would just be like well well you know oh did you hear so-and-so got married oh yeah yeah you know well, i mean <laughs> like back in the olden days there were these big age discrepancies sure so where My that was generation, yeah yeah to mm -hmm. where that was not so like 
you know, not common, I guess what I'm trying to say. So I think it's very common. Yeah. In the middle East, especially. Uh, and I've talked about that, you know, several times. Um, it was, it was normal for a 16, 17, 18 year old girl to marry a 30 year old man. And part of the reason was because girls didn't really leave the house and men had to be established. Men had right? to be established. Exactly. That's, that's a huge part of it. And by the time a guy had worked and saved up enough and bought a house and was ready to, to support a family and, and, and throw a wedding. And, um, you know, there, there's like, a, there's like a, there, there's a, there's a structure, um, in Lebanon, at least that, that I can speak to for men to get married. It's mm. like, you got to be ready to provide for a family. And it takes a while to be able to do that. It takes yeah. your twenties. Um, and so, and then the girls are like 17, 18 and they want to get the hell out of their parents' house and they ain't going to go into the workplace. Cause that just wasn't a thing, right? especially 30 years ago, 40 years ago. That just wasn't a thing, no. you know? So, so that you just, that, that, that's just, that's just how the dynamic yeah. worked. And I mean, is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? I don't know. If, if you can, I, I mean, feel, like, I feel like if you're 30 and you can put up with a 17 year old, you're probably a dummy anyway. <laughs> so like, I mean, think about it. Like how many, <laughs> geez, how many, I would want to hang out with any 17 or 18 year olds. Like my oh brother's, my, gosh, my no. brother's 19. I'm like, oh, you know, he's, he's cool. I like bullshitting with him, but you know, it's funny because when I was younger and like dating, right, you'd had your own flip phone. And so you'd have your text messages. But ultimately, you upgrade your phone, and so you get a new phone, new phone. So obviously, all those old messages get lost. Mm. But Facebook. Wait, now they transfer. What kind of phone do you have? What do you still have? A razor? An iPhone, I guess. The, the, <laughs> the razor flip. It's, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't. Why would I want to transfer like the thousands of texts no, they from just, my previous? No, phone? they just transfer when you log into your. Well, I guess if you have Apple, I don't know if you have an Android. How that works? But. I have Apple. Yeah, you get a new phone. You just now you have a code. You scan it with the new phone, and all everything just it just just keeps adding to the memory. Everything just moves onto your huh. new phone. Texts just never go away unless you go in and delete them. Even then, I feel like Apple is storing them. Somewhere. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that. So I was on Facebook, and all of a sudden, I like accidentally clicked the like my old boyfriend from like high school, like my high school love, and I was like, oh my gosh all these messages are still here from like 18 <gasps> years ago. And so I start reading unsend, and I'm unsend, like, unsend. Oh my gosh, we were, we were so stupid and like right, so annoying. Right. And I'm like cringing, reading all these things. Yeah. We're like 16, 17, 18 years old. And I was like, Oh, I wouldn't, it's just, it was I know the feeling. Yeah. And I'm like, Facebook has my whole dating history. Like yeah. if you send a message to somebody, like they still have it, they have your, they have it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I look at posts for you. Geez, this morning Facebook showed me a memory from a post from last year. I was like, oh fuck. Yeah. What kind of dummy would post something like that? That was just a year ago. Uh, I mean, with bad. every every year, I, I look back. You know, I, I like that though. I like how Facebook gives you posts from the past because you get to look at your growth. Yeah. hopefully it's growth as right. a human being i feel like let's say if you're 30 i'm I'm almost 30 i feel like if when's you're your birthday june my birthday's in february i'm turning 32 so you're older i'm older <laughs> um i feel like let's say you know if you're 30 and facebook shows you a post from 10 years ago yeah so you were 20 years old and you don't cringe a little bit oh gosh yes you're you're you probably need to take that as as a as a as a 
um, alert of like, Hey, time to do some introspection, yeah. time to go read a book, watch a documentary, to, like uh -huh. time to do something you like, you have like any, anything from when I was 18, 19, 20, like probably 90% of my thoughts and posts back then. I, if they come up on Facebook, I'm like, Oh geez, what kind, oh. of, what kind of moron would post something like so that? Many, like, <laughs> posts because when Facebook first came around, it's very, it's different than like what it is right now. Yeah. And like what you post now is not what you posted back then. Back then I would just post these like statuses, these like one liners because that was like what people did. Yeah. And they'll come up random like and what, food pictures. Is this a music lyric and like food pictures. And I'm like, what is this? Like, why did I like, why did I feel the need to type this out and like post it to the world? Social learning theory. <laughs> so yeah. That's Definitely. just what it is. We, we act like the people around us act. We dress like the people around us dress. You know, all that. That's why so many people wear blue jeans. That's why I don't I don't wear blue jeans. I, I do on occasion. Gosh. What do I you mean, wear? Just Black jeans? Gray jeans. Gray jeans. I, I don't. Yeah. I, I have a couple of pairs of blue jeans that that just think, you know, if somebody sees me on, on Instagram or something wearing them, I basically wear them if I go shooting or something because I'm like, okay, they're. I've, I have them. I'm not going to throw them away. They're good for field activities. Yeah. So I'm wearing for that. But I hate being in a room with like 50 people and I'm wearing blue jeans and I look around and 45 of those 50 people got on blue jeans as well. That's like your thing that you just, you don't like, like your pet peeve. It's not a pet peeve. I just don't want to look like everybody else. Yeah. I gotcha. So that's kind of why one of the reasons I wear ridiculous necklaces because nobody's going to have a giant bee the necklace i was wondering about that i didn't know if it was just like symbolic you no know, like these? You're just I'm, like... just, I'm just ridiculous okay i just like attention yeah i wasn't i wasn't i was denied the only attention i got as a kid was negative is just because i was in trouble probably Aww. somebody was yelling at me <laughs> so you were a troublemaker so, no i wasn't a troublemaker they were just oppressive and i didn't like and it, did, so did, it didn't have, vote well with my personality i have this theory. i have no respect for authority unless neither do i <laughs> Unless, and by authority, I mean the elderly, you know, like anybody, like that whole, ever since I was a kid, though, oh, respect your elders. I'm like, fuck my elders. Are, <laughs> okay. Are they, are they worthy of respect? Like, like you got to earn respect. You don't get my respect automatically just because you're older than me. Yeah. Okay. Well, I disagree with you there as far as like the way I was raised. I understand what you're saying because quite frankly, my husband has like the exact same opinion. However, um, I always attribute it to if like you're elderly and you have like a certain perspective or opinion or whatever, maybe that sounds condescending, but I truly mean it in like a, like, I just take it, you're, I take that for what it is because that's the life you live. That's the world you were in. Those were the concepts that you grew up with and how you're raised. I don't, we live in the same world now, but my life and journey is certainly not the same as you know, somebody who's 30 or 40 years older than me. So we're going to have, you know, these different perspectives. And I just kind of like hear them and I'm like, that's cool. And I just politely nod. And I, that doesn't, doesn't uh, change I mean, that, how that's I think. How, that's how I am with everybody. That's, that's yeah. but that's, that's a, that's a different thing. Huh. I'm not interested in changing people's opinions. Yeah. You think what you want to think. If we're having a, a conversation about a topic that we have different views on or even opposing views. That's fine. Tell me what you think. I'll tell you what I think. Right. Maybe I'll take something from, from what you, the information that you put forth. Maybe you'll take something from what I say, uh, but I'm not interested in changing your mind. Like the whole, this whole mentality of you got to win an argument. I don't want to win any arguments. I, mean, mm -hmm. I don't give a damn. You know, it's like, Hey, this, this is, this is my opinion based on the information that I've come into um, so far. 
And I'll change my opinion when I'm presented with new information that I like better. I think that's the best way or not the best way. Cause I, I completely agree with you as far as like, I don't want to try and change anyone's opinion on anything. I have very strong opinions about certain things and I have friends who have the complete opposite opinions of, on the same subjects. But I think that in today's, like, I don't know, environment, the the more that you try to convince someone of your perspective, the more they're immediately just going to buck you and be like, nah. Um, but do you see I that? But do you that, see the irony in that statement? What do you mean? Like the, the more that you try to convince somebody of your opinion, well, it, it goes, it's a two, that's a two way street. Mm-hmm. So they they could be thinking the same way you're irritated because they won't be convinced of your opinion. They're irritated because you're not convinced of their opinion. Right. Absolutely. And so you get nowhere. So I've been able to have certain conversations that are like hot topics where if that conversation wants to come up, the best I can do is say, Hey, I think kind of like what you're saying, like, I see things this way. I think this way. I've read this. And where you're just being honest on your own perspective and that's it and your own opinion. Um, and I think that's the best way we can have a conversation this, you know, this day is just talk about you. You can't talk about anybody else. You haven't lived their life. You don't know what they see. You don't know how they were raised, but if you want to share you, maybe they'll take something from it. Maybe they won't and vice versa. Yeah. But I think right now everyone's trying to like ram their opinion down everybody else's throat where it's just like, think like me. And it's just, no one's going to, we're talking about like on social media. Yes. Yeah. But that's social media. That's not the real world. That's, that's, that's people just posting a little, little, little bits of, um, their thoughts. These aren't complete thoughts. These aren't discussions. If you actually ask someone to elaborate, on their post, they probably wouldn't know how. That's good. That's really good. I mean, I might. <laughs> yeah. Hey, like explain that. So, so I, I, I came into that recently. I posted something about, um, I put, I put up a post about like, why do people think that Bill Gates is evil? Now, now before the, the information came out about him going to Epstein's Island, aside from that. Yeah. Right. I said, okay, why do people think that Bill Gates is evil? And then somebody posted, oh, cause he's buying up all these farms. I said, what the hell does that mean? He goes, well, I thought you knew a thing or two about economics, but I guess you don't. <laughs> I was like, well, how about you actually explain what you just said instead of just insulting me? Yeah. And it's like, he didn't have a fucking clue what he was talking about either. I'm like, maybe if you have $80 billion, you buy some farms because what the hell are you going to do with all that money? <laughs> right? right. seems like a good investment. Right? Yeah, sure. I'll buy a farm. I've got a billion dollars that I don't know what to do with. Let me buy a cornfield you know what I mean? or <laughs> whatever. Right. Yeah. And so I just asked people, okay, like whatever your opinion is, that's great. But can you give me an explanation as to why you think that way? Yeah. And if you can, awesome. We can have a conversation. But if you think that way, just because you think that way, I'm not interested in talking to you. Mm. You're, 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 you're brickheaded. That's like, to me, that that's what a moron is. Somebody who can't explain anything, but is, is unwelcoming of new information. I think it's like the majority of people. We should come up. We should come up with a word for that. That is the majority of people. We should come up with a word for that, like one of those big words we're talking about. Yes. <laughs> we should invent a word. Hmm. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not very inventive, so yeah. It's hard coming up with words. You ever try? Yeah. I try to come up with a word. You, you can't. You just like so you end up making. Is, you end up making funny sounds. There's only one word I like ever made up in my life, oh, and really? it's oh, I don't even. It's so embarrassing if I say it. Um. 
So in El Paso, okay, you went to El Paso, you went to Coronado. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about that? Yeah. Okay. We're going to talk about it. Well, there is a friend. Actually, I won't name her because maybe she happens. It'll be embarrassing. Anyway, I know her. we made up a name for fart. Okay. <laughs> Where it's like, if you wanted a fart, you just said that instead. And it was the best that we could come up with was like coochie clean. That's that's. No, it sounds horrible because now if you think about it, like. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the other day. I don't I, like, think that's going to go into any dictionary. No, definitely not. <laughs> and the other day, I like told that story. So uh, it's funny that's like, it's the one word I made up. I just told that story like a week ago. But that's not even Here a new are. word. Like you just put two words together. That's true. Cooch and clean. You just, you just <laughs> merged yeah. two words together. See? It is hard it's, to make up new words. Right. Like think about like how, how did language start? How many words were there in the beginning? They were just... I don't know, like like one sounds. When, I don't know. Yeah, like the very first language. I don't know. It's it's be interesting to go back and see like how language evolved. Like if there was no English language and all of a sudden people started speaking English, not crazy. What kind of words would there be? I don't know. Be like a handful. You wouldn't be able to communicate very much. You'd have to like smack people and throw stuff around, like cavemen. Yeah, you have to grunt, and use symbols, and, and to things. figure out like grunting, like I'm holding this, so I'm gonna make this noise and. This is what I mean. It means water bottle or something. That's why. But I mean, isn't that why? Well, so you know what's what's amazing is how many words do you think is a word that somebody made up and then you find out it was somebody's last name. Like what? Like somebody invented something and you find out like pasteurization. It's named after Louis Pasteur. Oh, yeah. Like nobody came up with the word pasteurization. It's just his last name. It's true. Somebody came up with his last name. Mm -hmm. A lot of last (laughs) names are, yeah, a lot of last names are based off of like what lay you know what they did for like a living sure yeah my Back mom's to- last name al-najjar in arabic najjar is carpenter oh really yeah yeah and there's there's oh my god there's a whole there, any occupation you could think of in lebanon there's a last name there's yeah, for sure yeah yeah all kinds of last names just language is so interesting you could go back forever. i think i think that probably was born out of like um you know, like, hey, go go get that guy. You know, the Najjar. Like, you forgot his name. Oh, his name is whatever, George. It's like, oh, the Najjar. And then, you know, the carpenter. Right. And then he just became known as the Najjar. And then he just became Mr. Al-Najjar. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think so that's crazy. And with the census, you needed those names to distinguish yourself yeah, and you your family. Yeah. yeah. I feel like if we didn't have a census, we didn't even have last names. Yeah, I I was talking to this guy. He's Indian. He's telling me that um, in India, like going back thousands of years, they had a thing called the Gutram, which is your your bloodline. Mm. And so when two people go to get married, somehow they figured this out. You like thousands of years ago, when you'd go to the whatever it's called to get married, the person over there, like the equivalent of a priest, I guess, would look at your Gutram, and if if you two were close he wouldn't marry you like how many generations like if y'all were i, I don't know like second cousins I, I don't know exactly yeah something <laughs> like that like basically to avoid inbreeding yeah and so somehow they had that figured out like whew, many many thousands of years ago because india is wow. old like indian culture is is deep and super super old well in texas you can't marry a second cousin by law by law really yeah like when you go get a marriage certificate you have to put your parents your grandparents, parents, grandparents, or at least that's what it was a couple years ago. And then you have to, it asks you the question, like, 
is your grandmother or the or grandfather the same as like the person you're going to marry? And is your great great grandma? So you mm. can't. So it, you literally like cannot marry your second cousin or first cousin in Texas. In Louisiana, you can. <laughs> but that's like in Lebanon, because, you can marry your first cousin. People oh, do really? it all the time. Yeah. Oh, in the Middle East, yeah. Yeah. That's actually that. That's like a that's like a thing that especially in in the hardcore Muslim parts of the Middle East, it's like a thing to marry your cousin, like because the family knows that girl. They know that she's a good girl. Yeah. Um. You know, her family knows the guy, and it's like let's let's get them. Are there any health effects? Is that you know probably. Okay. I was like, I don't know if that's probably a low IQ culture. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But what if like, what if two people in Texas, you know, they didn't want to have kids? Like what, what's the reason? Why would the government prohibit that? I think, I feel like it should be a personal choice. Yeah. You know, what if, what if you don't like, what if you don't want to, if, if the, if the reason behind it is like, oh, the kids could be born with. That's the reason. But what if, what if, that's you know, choice. the guy's got a vasectomy or the girl can't have kids and. Yeah. Their second cousin. They want to get married. You got to move out of Texas to do it. You got to go to Louisiana. <laughs> yeah, you got to go to Louisiana. <laughs> Texas says no. <laughs> that, that's a, I feel like that's a uniquely American thing where there's things that, like, even though you're in the same country, but if you move to a different part of the country, mm-hmm. there's something you can do that you can't do in another state, like smoking weed, yeah. like marrying your second cousin. Yeah. <laughs> you could. Um, Every state kind of has their own culture. Yeah, I mean, and yeah. so that's. I mean, that's what I think a lot of conservatives talk about all the time. It's like, yo, you want like what we want in Texas is not maybe the same as what everybody wants in California. We're two different states, two different people, you know, for many reasons. So if you think this way, you can move there. I mean, I think in about 10 to 20 years, Austin, Austin will be the new San Francisco. Oh, absolutely. I feel like the way it's headed. Yeah, absolutely. Well. So what happened with the uh, messages that you uncovered from your past with with your high school boyfriend? Did you did you message him? Did you block him? Did you unsend? So, like did oh you try to do, erase them, wipe, you know, get rid of them? So it was very remove every trace. It got worse. No it evidence. got worse. <laughs> so I'm reading ha ha ha. Shouldn't be sharing this, but I was like driving in Bernie. Mm. Uh so it was like driving like 20 miles an hour. And I was like, oh, gosh, because I was trying to send a message to somebody else, the same first name. And my fat fingered his message. And then I was like, oh, my gosh. So I'm like I maybe reading. it was a subconscious desire. Probably right. Like 15 years later. <laughs> so we had like we had broken up and then we were like friends. And then um, his his like girlfriend at the time. I think he had texted me like happy new years. So after we'd broken up for like two years. And so I texted him happy new years. Uh, and then his girlfriend called me on the phone and was like, what are you doing? Texting like my boyfriend. And it was just like this huge drama. Did you tell her, listen, lady, he texted me. <laughs> yeah, calm he the, did. Calm, yeah, calm and, down. and we were really yeah. cool. Like we were just friends, you sure, know, I was dating somebody else. Yeah, and, yeah. That's how it always goes. <laughs> Yeah, but then you just feel the pulse. Hey, happy new year's. Yeah, no. let's, let's see if they respond. <laughs> so, let's, let's see how, how boyfriend is this boyfriend. How, you know, that's, that's what the, yeah. Okay. Go on. So she, <laughs> this is huge drama. It's really, really rude. Talk, talk calling me all these names. So I just put this girl on speakers. I was at a party. And I'm like, this girl is making an ass out of herself. So everybody was listening to her just being an idiot. So phone conversation ends. And the next day I was like, you think he'd apologize for his crazy girlfriend? 
didn't apologize. So then like six months later, he finally like broke up with her or something. And he sent me like a long apology. Like this is long overdue. I'm very sorry for that night, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, fuck, six months later, like I never responded. So I'm driving down Bernie, click his message. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like from 15 years ago. And because I have one hand, instead of clicking back, I accidentally press like. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) And I just screamed. I'm just like 10 years later, I like your apology like no no good and so i was like oh my god this is so embarrassing so i finally pulled over and was like well you can unlike uh, you just double tap again and it'll it'll, it'll i could have yeah didn't know that (laughs) so i was like he's gonna think that i'm like reminiscing Uh, about a relationship 10 years later uh, (laughs) so then i was like hey uh just i just kind of explained i was like i was like i should have liked this a long time ago like apology accepted and he was like, oh, thank God. So he responded really quickly. And I was like, oh. I was so embarrassed. I'm like, yeah. this guy thinks that I'm just like reminiscing about our past. <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe he took some mushrooms and I don't know, thought of, th- thought, thought of the past. And one of the went, most embarrassing moments of my memories. life. I was like, God. Yeah. That was like a month ago. Oh. <laughs> that was recent. Yeah. In the movie Knock Knock at the end of the movie. Have you seen that movie? No. Oh my God. I've mentioned it like 50 times on the podcast. At the end of the movie, there's a, there's a, there's a part where the guy accidentally likes something (laughs) that just made everything that he was already suffering in the middle of just made it that much worse. Like, Oh my goodness. Like that, that like that he accidentally be careful with your be careful it with was, your likes. It was terrible. It's so terrible. What's yeah. that movie about? Knock off? Is it like a I don't suspense? know if I can I don't know if I can explain it without without spoiling it. I'd have to like basically tell you what happens to explain it. It's um very twisted. Okay. Very, very twisted. Yeah. Okay. You gotta, like have you seen Gone Girl? Yes. So, I so that it's, movie. It's, it'll have you on it'll have you like that, like, oh my god, what is this crazy bitch doing? Except it's two crazy bitches. Knock knock. Now I have to see it. <laughs> yeah. I bought Gone Girl on yeah. DVD. That's how good I. That's how much I liked it. DVD. Yeah. Can well, you still play that? No. Yeah, it's not my parents. It's not my a, parents' house. <laughs> but I bought it. I have a bag of DVDs that I kind of don't want to part with. Sometimes I look at it. I'm like, this is called hoarding. Because what the hell am I going to do with these DVDs? But then another part of me is like, maybe in 30 years they'll be worth some money. I think and so. maybe somebody would be like, oh, I want that DVD of. They're like 90 percent of our percent of them are Jean Claude Van Damme movies. Oh, okay. Because that was, that was, you know, like that's, <laughs> he, he's the man. Yeah. Like people ask me if you could, like, who would be? They might be worth something. Like your number one guest. If you only were going to do one more episode, you could have anybody. I'm like Jean Claude Van Damme. Really? Yeah, yeah. He's my hero. Growing really? up. Yeah. I always uh, think about that. Got like 15 of his movies on DVD. Wow. I always uh, think about like who I'd like to have a drink with, and like how that combo would go. Like I like Johnny Depp, but I feel like. That would be like a really awkward conversation for whatever reason. Alive people or anybody from history? Anybody. I think you could go back in history and find characters far more interesting than Johnny Depp. <laughs> well, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> I love. No, I'm thinking Jimmy like Jesus Bowen. Christ. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, or like a pharaoh. Go back and talk to a pharaoh. Oh, that would be. No, fuck. Or Genghis Khan. I mean, you know, like you comb through history, you'll find. 
people that would be really intimidating. Talking to a pharaoh, fuck yeah. 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 That's what Can I'm you saying. Imagine? That would be I would be very nervous. What a podcast that would be. If I had a pharaoh in here. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be incredible. I can speak Egyptian. I can understand Egyptian. Well, I don't know what they spoke back then, but Egyptian, I can understand it. Their dialect is way different than Lebanese, but I can understand any Middle Eastern dialect. Really? Yeah, I can understand. You know, like what the way they, the Arabic that they speak in the Gulf, like in UAE, Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, it's like, it's, it's basically a whole other language than the way we speak in Lebanon. Arabic, like the written language is, is uniform, mm -hmm. but the spoken dialects vary drastically between regions of the Middle East. And then when you go to Egypt, it's basically a completely different language. And yeah. I understand it just fine, but uh, I don't speak it. I yeah. don't speak that way. I could like, if I tried, I'd probably make a fool out of myself, but that doesn't stop me from having a conversation with an Egyptian because they can understand me for the most part. I can understand them. So same that's with, really same cool. With, same with people from, um, yeah, that's why the military was trying to recruit me when I was 18. Yeah. Because I could understand all the dialects in the Middle East and I could read and write. Be very all resourceful. Of, so. Yeah. Yeah. Would have been good. But yeah. I mean, uh, what branch would, have, would you have gone into? I never even thought about yeah. it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I just, the idea of having a commander yelling in my face, like, again, going back to that oh, whole yeah. respect, like, like blind respect yeah. thing is like, I'm supposed to say, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Or whatever you say to your commanding officer. And it's like, if you got in my face and just started talking shit, I'm going to kick you in the nuts. We're gonna, yeah. Like, we're going to have a fight. It's not, I, I, you know, I can't just sit there and have somebody, yeah, talk, you know, just talking shit. It's like, no, it doesn't work. So that's why I, I sometimes got in trouble as a kid with my teachers because you know, they're, they're, they're being rude or, or, or demeaning even. And it's like, just um, because you're a teacher. Yeah. I mean, I've, mean I've, I've, I've called them out yeah. from when I was like 10 years old. I, really? I, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't take shit from anybody. Yeah. Fuck you. Who do you think you are? Just cause you know, you're my teacher. You get, you get to talk to me that way. Yeah. So I, I forgot to do my homework. The fuck. Yeah. You know? Literally my husband. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was a story where I don't know. And, and this one was a substitute where she just, she was like a history substitute and she was saying the wrong thing. And he was like, no, no, <laughs> that's not right. Um, but I, uh, so I am a little, I get told all the time. I don't realize it that I like buck authority and I apparently don't respect authority because mm. in my mind, I'm like, I respect the cops. I don't I've never been arrested. I don't get in trouble. Uh, but I realize I'm like a sneaky, I'm like a sneaky person because as a kid, it's taken this long for me to realize like my actions as an adult. But I'm, I was like, I was always a kid who kind of became teacher's pet. So then I could break the rules because I was the exception. Mm. And that's <laughs> so like that's I'm always gonna thing. break the rules. Yeah, and that's a real thing. But I'm gonna gain faith, and I didn't realize I was doing it. I just did it. Yep. Like whoever bosses or teacher or whatever i like recognize authority so then i'm like cool gotta make my way over there so i can be in their favor because then i'm gonna start breaking the rules and they're gonna be cool with it because i'm in their favor and mm. i'm gonna be the exception sure and i look at all my employment history and i look at like my teachers and everything and i'm like holy shit i've done this my whole life and i realized it's like six months ago mm. <laughs> it's like yeah 
this is why I, that's why I'm a realtor. That was just was kind like, of your personality. Like by yes. default, you, you just, you figured out how to, how to work yourself into yes gaining people's, uh, gaining favors. Yes. That's cool. And not to like, uh, I guess like cause harm to anybody, but no, like, I would say that that's like natural born resiliency. That's just like a natural talent. So like you just, you, you're like, you're just good with, with people. That's what being good with people means. Kind of uh, like I'm notoriously late in, in one surprise. way. <laughs> uh, but, uh, like even in high school, I get there like 10, 15 minutes late, but she loved, my teacher loved me. She'd be like, oh, Hey V and like would never write me up. Never Did you ever bake them cookies or something? <laughs> no, you never took I them anything. I should have. I should have. I wasn't that smart. I had, but, a, like, I I just... had a kid who we were basically like the same band of you know 30 boys, give or take, um, all the way from first grade to the seventh grade. And then I, of course came to the States. And so I don't, you know, we, so things change, but for, for, for those years of elementary school and middle school, it was the same group of guys. And there was always this one little twat who like <laughs> his, his mom was always bringing stuff to the principal and gi giving the teacher a cake and all this bullshit. And it's yeah. like, Oh, you motherfucker. Like, I know, I know. What, I know yeah. What you're like. Yeah. I know what you're all about. So I, yeah. Nobody like Nobody liked that kid. I wasn't a brown noser. Cause I didn't, I wasn't like, Oh, let me like, I don't know, like when you're like, I don't know, <laughs> buy your favorite, but it was just like, I don't know. I would just spend time and like make them laugh and, you know, uh, have a good time. And so then they're like, oh, okay. I like me. So when I like turned late shit in, they didn't knock me. When I came in late, they were like, Hey, and I just, I don't know. I just got away with more shit because they just liked me Yeah. <laughs> when in, I don't, I, I don't think just, any teacher ever liked me. I yeah. didn't like zero, except maybe Miss Ellingson at yeah. Colorado. She, she's cool. She's the best Miss Ellingson math teacher. Yeah, I had, I had two classes with her. Yeah, she was cool because she knew that I was bored. Like if I was if I was sitting there, you know, just like, kind of like, you know, playing with my fingernails, not looking. It, it, she knew that like I already got it and I'm bored. Yeah. And so sometimes she'd be like, hey, why don't you come up and, you know, sh sh uh, solve this problem on the on the projector? They, I don't know if they still do. They used to use the projectors. <laughs> Like she'd figure she'd find a way to get me engaged in the class That's a good because, teacher. because I just got it. I'm like, okay, yeah, I already figured out how to solve this, this equation. I could do it in my head. Like that was not me. Pretty much everything up until algebra two, some stuff became a little bit, you know, needed to work it out on paper. And then pre-cal was a disaster, but everything up until that point, I could just do it in my head. Like it was just wow. mathematical equations, geometry. Um, it was just like, I, I could just look at it and figure it out. And so, I would, I'd be bored in math class. Yeah. And you know, like if I'm bored in other classes, they'd be like, Oh, you're not paying attention. You need to look up here when I'm talking. And I'm like, like, what is with your ego? Yeah. I mean, like there's one student in your class who's distracted and, and you're throwing a fit over it. Like you're, you're a 50 year old man or woman, get it together. <laughs> the fuck. But the other day <laughs> I realized, I think there's a correlation between People who not like have a problem with authority, but buck authority, whatever, and entrepreneurship. hundred percent. Like, I think some of the best entrepreneurs, I'm like, they have that personality. They just do it. Yeah. Uh, so I was, I mean, just like typical, the majority of people are not entrepreneurs are not because being an entrepreneur is risk taker. I yep. mean, truly. Um, and most people don't like big risk, big risk, big reward, Absolutely. low risk, low reward kind of thing. Uh, they like stability because that's the logical thing, right? Most yep. people, I mean, if you want to succeed in life, 
you know, play it safe, be logical, make smart moves. Keep your head down. I hate that quote. Keep your head down. Yeah. And I was like, that's why I've never had like a real, I say I've never had a real job. I went from college to like straight up being a realtor. Yeah. So I've never in a way like. Which is risk taking because you don't have a fixed income. You you don't know what you're going to make. Correct. But at the same time, that's the drive. Sure. There is no limit. Yeah. So what you eat is what you kill. You're always on the hunt. Again, this is not something for everybody because nope. most people like like said stability. This is totally the opposite. Um, the majority of people do. I mean, the, the evidence for that is that they stay in jobs that they hate forever because being in a job that you hate is better than the unknown. Correct. And I never even did that. So it's always been the unknown. It's always That's been right. the risk. It's been an adventure and I fucking, I love it. Yeah. I love it. That, um, that fits your personality. I, you know, I've talked about this before. People can, can find this, uh, this meme of there's a lion in a zoo and a lion in the wild and the lion in the wild has to fend for itself. It has to hunt to eat. It could starve to death. It's running, you know, there's all those risks that, that, that come about with being out in nature mm -hmm. and having to provide for yourself and for your family, for your, in this case, your lionesses and the cubs and yeah. so forth. Uh, whereas the lion in the zoo doesn't have to worry about any of that. He gets fed. He's got shelter. Um, everything's right there for him. Yeah. But what he doesn't have is his freedom. You can't have both. You can't have both. And that's true. When you are, I mean, when you're on a fixed income or when you're working with somebody else, I mean, that's, that's what it is. You're trading yeah. your time for stability, right? Um, so you're working 40 or 50 hours a week, whatever it may be for a set, uh, salary or whatever number. Yep. And that's what you're trading your time for. Um, I mean, as a realtor, you, you just, you're just always you grinding. Yeah. If it's good, great. If it's bad, it is what it is. And you got to suck it up and keep going. Here's what financial planners do. One of the things that they do, you go to a financial planner, you say, you know, they, 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 they look at your income. Let's say you're already post-college. You, you just got a job. You studied accounting. You're in your entry level position in a company as an accountant, whatever, they, you know, something along those lines. And you can see your career path all the way to retirement. You can look 40 years into the future and there are set benchmarks for promotion within mm -hmm. a company, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of times uh, you, you can, like if you become a police officer, you say, okay, well, in two years I'll be promoted to this and in uh, five years I'll be promoted to that and then I can become a detective and then a lieutenant or, you know, whatever. Same thing with the military. A lot of jobs are like that. Right. If you become a nurse, you can, you can map out your income, well, with this much years of this many years of experience, I'll make that much. And this much is going to go into my 401k every year. And so you sit down with a financial advisor and they map out your whole life and they tell you, okay, if every year, um, they, they start working backwards, right? How much do you want to retire with? How do you want to live? What kind of life you want to have? And you figure out roughly what that's going to cost you. And then they start working back and they say, okay, how much do you make a year? Well, if you put that much into a 401k, assuming a percent growth of X a year over the next 40 years, that's how much you'll have in your account with compounded interest. And this is how much you'll have in your, in, for, for retirement. And assuming you buy a house right now and you get a 30 year loan and it takes 30, you know, they, they map all that out for your whole fucking life. Yeah. And people love that because they can see 
the light at the end of the tunnel. Well, the shit, I, you know, I'll just, I'm just the path. I'm just going to work. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to show Stay up on the path. Correct. And, and I'm going to retire and I know exactly what I'm going to have when I retire, how much, you know, like they've got it all mapped out. It's the map to success. It's the map to. Well, perceive success, maybe. Whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I, I guess that, that, that's, you know, depends on the person they can call it to, to some that may very well be success. Um, I just can't think that way. Yeah. I, I just, I can't think of like people tell me, you know, talk about careers. I'm like, I've never had a career. Mm -hmm. I've been in my job right now for four years. I don't consider it a career. In fact, having no career is my career. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I tell people. Like, <laughs> I, I, I can't, I, I cannot, for now. I cannot exactly, I cannot look 35, 40, 50 years into the future and tell you this is what I'm gonna do for the rest of my life. And yeah. This is how much I'm going to put away in my 401k and retire I, and all this bullshit. I'm like, I, I figure it out that. as I go. Yeah. Like right now, like I love what I do. Uh, I can easily see myself doing this for another five years, maybe 10. The real estate industry is changing tremendously. Wait, so wait until you start selling real estate in the metaverse. Who no, That's crazy. But I, but I, I do know that I'm like, this is a vessel. Like what I'm currently doing right now is a vessel to make money because I mean, one of our goals was like figure out another form of income for this year and another one. And I'm like, I always think of like, what business could I start? Where it's yeah. like, this is something for me to make money to start something else sure. to do more because I'm crazy. Have you looked into uh, real estate in the metaverse. No, what are you talking about? I own a piece of the moon. You do? <laughs> so I have an acre on the moon. Legit. I mean, not legit, actually. Tell me about it. I that. have a deed. <laughs> no, there's some, like a couple of years ago, uh, one of my friends just like, I don't know, there's some website you can supposedly buy like land on the moon. It's bullshit. It's just like you pay like 50 bucks for some fake deed. Mm. But it's like, it looks legitimate and it's just like, oh, this is like the lot or whatever, like in the moon, it's one acre and like, it's all signs supposedly, but so I really don't own shit, but. So you have an acre on the moon. You I actually paid 50 bucks. Somebody else did in my behalf. So who, 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 who is the governing entity that, that can, that you can go to, to claim your land? You can't. Like if Elon said, Hey, get in this Tesla, go to the moon. Um, you can get there in, in whatever. The there. bottom of the deed apparently says like, this is like not real. Oh, okay. So it's just a joke. No, yeah. but the metaverse is real. Have the, you looked at What have, is a metaverse? So the metaverse is, know. is, so I, I don't, I, I certainly for anybody listening, I may very well be completely wrong here. I've looked into it a little bit. And so I think I'm beginning to grasp it. It's the, uh, it's like life in virtual reality. Oh. So virtual reality, of course, has been around for years like and it's, it's, it's in its infancy. Maybe like the matrix. I don't know. I have a friend who's deep into, into the VR world. And every time I talk to him, he spooks me the fuck out because like he'll go on for an hour about like how he's working out in VR that, you know, about like, yeah, all the video games, the shooting games, the it's, it's, it's really, really crazy. Like he's um, losing his sense of reality. In no, this no, not planet? at all. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> but, but there's this other world that he enters into when he's in VR. That freaks me out. And that's the metaverse. Like, it's kind of like, I don't know. I guess you could think of it as, um, what was that game on Facebook that everybody was playing for a little while? Farmville. Candy crush. Farmville. So, so you could buy a farm. <laughs> 
in the metaverse and you could like you know you could you could be you could be put on your vr goggles you enter the metaverse and you're in there like you actually exist in there you function in there so uh travis scott yeah hosted a concert in 2020 in the metaverse and he made 20 million dollars there were over 12 million attendees and so these are people with their as i understand it again i hope i'm not completely wrong they're at home with their vr goggles attending the concert shut up and he made 20 million dollars so like this is real. There's there's a story that 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 came out not long ago about a guy who bought a house in the metaverse for four and a half, uh, four hundred fifty thousand dollars to be Snoop Dogg's neighbor. There's you know Facebook has changed their name to Meta. Yeah. Uh, the CEO of uh, oh is that what it is? Yeah, the CEO of Zoom has talked about the future of the metaverse. Like this is we're we're kind of we're on the we're on the the the, the early wave. I think this is so stupid. Of all of, well. This is where we lose. Is it stupid though? Or is this, this where the world is, where, is going? This is where I'm just, I'm just so close minded. Let me, let, well, let me hit you. Let me hit you with this. I admit I'm close minded. So again, a little bit of the research that I've done on this. Um, where is it? Oh, did I close the link? I think the most expensive metaverse property so far has sold for four and a half million dollars. I read recently. That's just. Let me Google most expensive metaverse real estate, metaverse land. Fine. Another virtual record, virtual plot worth four point three million sold on metaverse. The metaverse. Rec the metaverse records just keep breaking themselves. A plot of virtual real estate just sold for 4.3 million in the sandbox. So I guess there are. So there we need are, to like invest in these meta stocks. You need to, you need to get in early. This is like buying land in the 1800s. This oh is, my gosh. <laughs> right. So, so I guess there are different metaverses. I, I don't know how it works. One of them is called the sandbox. There are other ones called different things like. I guess that would be so like a the Milky Way and, and something else. Yeah, I, 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 like I said, I can't really explain it much past this, but metaverse. that makes it the most expensive yeah. metaverse property sale as of December 8, 2021. Somebody actually paid $4.3 million for land in the metaverse. Now you're going to be able to build structures on this land, right? There's going to be, there's going to be somehow... Like, I don't know. I don't know how the fuck you're going to go see a doctor in the, like, if you're a doctor in the metaverse, you're utterly useless because, or I mean, a doctor in the metaverse would probably be like a person, like an IT guy who, you know, cures viruses, like computer viruses. Uh, that probably, that'd probably yeah. be like a metaverse doctor. Like, oh, you know, my horse is infected with malware. So, you know, so like you take your horse to the vet and, and you pay them real money and to you, fix your fake horse. I, I mean, it looks that way. It looks, it's wild. I'm getting into it and it's because I don't want to, I feel like, you know, I don't like, this is like, I don't want to be like Bitcoin deniers were right. 10 years ago. If right. you put, if you put a thousand dollars into Bitcoin 10 years ago, I mean, you are, you are half incredibly, isn't it like worth like $48,000 now? Way more, more than half a million. I mean, if you put oh, ten, yeah, 10 grand in 10 zeros. years ago, I'd have to look it up, but I mean, you're talking probably a hundred million dollars, like yeah. something crazy. So I don't want to be like those early Bitcoin deniers. Um, cause look at where we're at now. I mean, it was, it reached a peak of 60,000. I don't um, even understand Bitcoin. I, yeah. I, pff, I know NFTs, all the stuff I know that's going I've around right now. In it. Yeah. <laughs> you have money in it. Yeah. I don't quite understand it. Well, so why not buy land in the, in the, in the metaverse? If you bought Bitcoin, you don't understand it. 
you know, get a, get right. a few acres, waterfront property. Put a jet ski on there. This is so crazy. So, yeah. we're, so we're moving towards people just being like, I work at a cubicle and I make 30 grand, you know, a year, but I'm going to go home and put on like my meta glasses. And there I live like in an awesome mansion or a farm with my horses in Montana and I go hunting and fishing yeah. for fake. And that's like, I can't wait to get home to that because yeah, that's like my, that's my reality of like my dream life. Is that where we're headed? Uh, I mean, I think so. That's where like you can have. Cause I see like if your life, if you think your life sucks in like the day to day, man, the meta would be so attractive. Sure, sure. You can have a hot boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah. You, you could have you could have ripped abs. You, you could be yeah, but but you have to work at it. I don't think you get to just create it. Like you don't like those. You know, it's not like a video game where you could just build your own avatar from scratch and, and you can make it into whatever you want. I think you have to work at it. Like you have to develop it. Like I don't know. You have to buy. Like if you want land, you know, like a waterfront property is going to cost you more. So you have to you have to work hard. So then what? We're just like, we're not living life to be in like virtual reality. Yeah. I don't know. That's crazy. I wish somebody could really explain it to me. I'm going to do more research on it. It's been, it's been, you know, pulling me in. But you know what? But anyway, do I don't that. know what I'm people talking about. So I'm just going to stop. People do that now. You know, people spend hours like video games. Well, people take mushrooms and enter different, That's true. you know, they go, they go places. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's literally called a mushroom trip. Yeah. They go to different places. They see things that aren't around that, that people who aren't tripping don't see. That's so crazy. I had a girl one time tell me she saw a different color. She saw a color that, that doesn't, doesn't exist. Like, you know, you can't, I see. can't even imagine that. You, nobody can. It's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Cause you can only imagine things that you no. know. Yeah. So, Crazy. which which is why, like, when you watch you know, a movie about aliens, like, sci-fi just doesn't interest me because it's always just a, a slight extrapolation or modification of reality. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we're not just not that inventive. Like, we cannot possibly think up another life form. No. Interesting. No. <sighs> but I want to see a different color. If somebody told me, like, 100%... You eat some mushrooms and you're going to see a different color. I'm in. <laughs> Have I, you done I, mushrooms before? I will neither confirm nor deny. I don't. I'm super late. <laughs> I haven't done anything. No, I mean, I, I, um, I have a job. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I, I don't, that, that's the one thing on the podcast that I don't talk about. Yeah. Any illegal smart. substances. Smart, smart. Yeah. I just don't, I don't, I mean, I'll talk about like, you know, what other what other people have told me i had my buddy mike smith on the podcast one time he's big into mushrooms i mean he spent like an hour talking about his experiences yeah but um yeah i have some clients that grow that. some crazy mushrooms really yeah. <laughs> there's an idea that that's why the the cow is sacred in india why? because people started eating mushrooms because psychedelic mushrooms oh. grow on cow dung and they started eating eating mushrooms and the mushrooms were so became so valuable to the culture that they started trying to protect the cows so that they that can keep giving sense. them mushrooms. And then, you know, fast forward, I don't know how many eons. Because um, they don't eat beef? No. No, uh. Indians. I mean, some do. I, I don't know if that's kind of like like a Jew that eats pork. You know, they just don't really. Yeah. They don't really adhere 
to to the cultural norms but um yeah it, i mean you go you go like you ever heard the expression as calm as a hindu cow no nobody messes with the cows in india they're, oh, <laughs> they're just chilling they're waiting so, for their shit so they can yeah, eat those mushrooms right, <laughs> right yeah so everybody's as calm as a hindu cow yeah interesting isn't it i've learned some many things today oh hey you know i'm glad i'm i'm, I'm so eye-opening <laughs> yeah just talking nonsense some words some mushrooms i'm cows. just talking nonsense freaking meta things. um well let, let me ask you an actual real life question that that falls into your area of expertise um i actually i saw one of your instagram stories that talked about how if some people buy a fixer up or they may be hesitant to do so because they look at the cost of the renovation and they say, well, you know, I don't have 30 grand cash to buy a fixer up, you know, to, to, right. to, to, to fix up the property. And you said that that somehow the repair costs could be rolled into the mortgage. It's called a two three K loan. So yes, those are hard to come by. Uh, and, and I'm not like the mortgage loan expert. But for anybody, I know people who are like first-time home buyers and are like, man, we might buy something that you want it to be like cosmetic, right? So it's supposed to be for your personal home, primary home, and maybe everything's just super outdated, bathrooms and carpet and shaggy carpet or whatever, popcorn ceilings. Um, but structurally sound. But structurally sound, yes. So it's really just for cosmetics. Yeah. It's FHA. You just like, hey, I want to do a two or three K loan. Not all lenders do it, so you got to find somebody that does. And what they do is essentially they're like, okay, you're approved for three hundred. So we're going to estimate that all this stuff is going to be like thirty K. Um, so find a house for two seventy and under, right? Um, and so you do it that way under like the option period. You got to get your contractors or whoever's going to do the work to put all the bids to make sure it's all kind of under that total uh, pre-approval number, then you get to work. So you just close on the loan and then they basically, yeah, you're mortgaging like that, uh, that uh, like financing. And so you get it done. You have got it. You got to get all the work done in like three months or something like that. But that's a way for first time home buyers to maybe just go, okay, we're going to buy this and just fix it ourselves, get the cosmetic work done. And then you're finally in the home that you want. Cause it is getting tougher. So that might be a really good option for people. That option went away during COVID because there were so many crazy loans and things that just went away because things were so tight. Uh, but I think it's back. So it's something. Some weird things happened during COVID. The, uh, the, the worst one I think was the no eviction clause. Oh yeah. That went into effect where people could just not pay rent and you couldn't evict them. And so, um, I mean, like been, like yeah. I, I i that on on the surface that sounds like a like a noble um move because you you want to make sure that people who lost their jobs don't aren't out on the streets Absolutely. but then how do the owners of those properties pay the damn mortgages and the taxes it's so crippling it's like, fucked a lot of people over a lot of people i think think that investors are like sitting on a pile of cash, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're these businessmen who have lots of cash. And so like, oh, who cares if we're not paying them? Uh, most investors are like everyday people who work a job or two and are just trying to like be smart and just kind of, you know, invest in themselves. So they have these investment properties, but 
So they, I know people who really, really took a loss and it's been crippling and like have suffered through that because it's just like, we're doing the right thing, but man, it's hurting everybody, everybody, a lot of people hurt during that time. Yeah. I know a lot of people who who took some damage because of that. And and, and again, it just doesn't make sense. Like, okay, you're protecting the tenant, but you know, what, what kind of, okay, are we subsidizing some kind of grant or something for, um, for the person who's still liable for that mortgage payment and the property taxes. Yeah. I mean, what the hell? I mean, that, really that, was, that, was a, that was a really, really bad decision. I think that was handled very, very poorly because a lot of people got fucked over. Yeah. Cause people just decide, okay, well I don't have to pay. So I'm not going to pay. And they didn't You <laughs> know they did. I mean, I and know a lot people, of people who, even with their mortgages, because that happened too, where you didn't have to pay oh, your yeah, mortgage. Right. And I advise them like, I know in theory, you don't have to do this. It's going to, it's going to affect you. It's absolutely going to affect you. How so? What happened? I think it affects people's credit scores. Like just oh. because it still hit the bureaus. Yeah. Like just because, uh, I don't know, like the mortgage it, it, couldn't put you in a foreclosure. That didn't mean that you didn't have his payments. It didn't mean that you didn't have affect the bureaus. So people who uh, like wanted to refinance during that time, because rates got really low eh, or you wanted to buy or you had to sell because you did lose your job, but you didn't fucking pay for a couple months. So now you have to have at least 12 months of, not a single missed mortgage payment to buy a house. If you have one, you just, you got to wait. So a lot of people who did lose their jobs or weren't paying, then lost their jobs. were like, Oh, we'll, we'll go somewhere else. But you can sell. Yeah. So get back to paying your mortgage. If you can make it, or you're going to have to sell and rent. Mm. So it was just, there was a lot of, I thought that it was misinformation. It just was just like, we'll take care of you. But there were repercussions. I think there are so many repercussions that have come out of that that people with things that were done during COVID that people thought they were doing the right thing or government thought they were doing the right thing. And all these effects same. I mean, yeah. Even like the laborers, I was saying earlier uh, how new construction is our construction general is taking so long. Yeah. So all these awesome builders who have these great reputations, who've been around in business for 20, 30 years and are huge companies. They, you know, they're building a house and they'll tell the workforce like, okay, so, you know, framers, you need to have this framed like by the end of the week or next week and they won't come. They won't show up. They won't do the job. They'll leave early. And the construction manager to the point where we're like, we can't get mad at them. We can't say anything to them because they'll literally just leave us. Yeah. And then we're screwed and we can't find other people because there's like not enough people. And so we're at the behest of like the, you know, the workforce to show up when they want, if they want to do the job. And that's why construction is taking like so long. Yeah. And it's hard to tell people that to be like, uh, well, it's been 12 months, but you only have foundation. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's the reality. Uh, Refinancing, I I feel like is not a good idea. Right now? Hell no. Ever. Ever. I, I get that in some situations it's necessary, but if you can avoid it, just avoid it. Why refinance? Um, Save a lot of money. Do you though? Well, I'll elaborate and then I'll give you my point of view. This is not my area of expertise, to be honest. However, um, I know people like you have to refinance. You got to make your money back in like less than like 36 months. That's the cap. What do you mean make your money back? Like whatever money you're going to spend on like closing costs to like refinance. Oh, yeah. 
you got to make your money back in less than three years, essentially. If it's going to take longer than three years, then you shouldn't refinance because it's like you're going to spend. So if you're planning, I should say you're going to spend like ten grand, and it's you're only going to save a hundred dollars a month. How long is it going to take you for you to actually be ahead? Sure. Too long, they're not. You you know, it's stupid to do it. But if it's if you're going to be in the property and you see yourself being there for more than three years, and you can recoup recoup the money you're spending to refi in less than that time, then it's fucking worth it because. Like I had people who were saving three to four hundred dollars a month by refinancing. Sure, it cost them three grand, but it was gonna take them like nine months to make that money back, and then they were ahead. So it's just about if it makes sense for you. And there's the only reason you 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 or the only way that you know is to like apply and see if it makes sense. Um, but when stuff went down to like 2.5, 2.25. Uh, I even had veterans who were saving four hundred dollars a month. And it's called like the Earl, like where it's uh man, I forgot what it stands for, but basically like no docs needed. If you're like VA military, um, it's no money out of pocket and you refinance and you save like two, three hundred dollars, four hundred dollars. That's gotta be some kind of VA or, or doctor loan. Yes. They, they get they got a lot of special stuff so, yes. when it comes to buying houses. So that is a no-brainer if it qualifies for that if you're military. Uh, and you can do it. But even for non-military members, uh, if it makes sense, they'll tell you. Like, you're going you're gonna to spend four grand, but your recoup time is this. Do you want to do it or not? So I look at the long-term picture of refinancing. Um, so what you're talking about with, with you know, how long is it going to take you to to recoup your closing costs, that's, that's definitely valid and something that should be calculated if somebody chooses to do that. And really the only reason to finance that I could think of is because when you got your loan, let's say you got a 30 year loan, it's been three years and you got it at 5% and now interest rates are down to 2.2 or whatever, 2.8, you know, even 3%, like that 2%, if you go from 5% interest to, um, to three, that 2% over a 30 year period is going to add up to a ton of money. So Sure, go for it. Refinance. It may make sense. So this, this, so again, there are some cases where it does make sense. What I don't like about it is that, and 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 the earlier you are into the, um, let's say the thirty-year period, the better. Absolutely. Once you've been already making payments for a certain amount of years, um, refinancing just just tips the scale back in the favor of the banks. Absolutely. And, and so what I mean by that is like, let's say your mortgage, I'll just use a, a nice round number to keep things simple as a thousand dollars a month mm-hmm. interest and, and uh principal, not including taxes, fucking taxes. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just say, <clears throat> and you just closed on your house. And so you're going to start out paying something like, I don't have exact figures, but out of that thousand, maybe like 300 is principal and 700 is interest. Yep. And so slowly over the years, as those $300 accumulate month over month and, and bring down your principal, um, it starts going something like, you know, $350 now is going to principal and then 400 and then 500. And then eventually the scale tips in your direction where now the majority of your payment goes to principal instead of interest. Yeah. So like if you've been in your house and you're ma- you've been making payments for, I don't know, 10 years 
So time is a factor in, in, in this whole thing. It's something for people to consider. Like how much do you have left on your mortgage? Or maybe, you know, maybe you, you've only been in your house for five years, but you won 50 grand in a poker game and put it all into your, you know, you put it all right. into your mortgage. So now- Towards your principal. Towards your principal, right, exactly. So, I mean, whatever. Um, so now if you go refinance to drop it down by a percent or two, you're, you're, you're starting from scratch, paying, you know, the majority of your payment going towards interest. So that's if, my whole, that's my whole thing on that. Totally. The first seven years, it really takes like the first seven years, you're really mostly paying interest. Yeah. After seven years, exactly what you're saying. It really starts to tip toward more towards principal. Um, so if you were in your home for like 10 years, 12 years, yeah, definitely longer. It may not make sense. What could make sense may be refinancing at a 15 year, right? Where if you're going to do it and the interest rate makes sense to where you're saving significant money, what it's going to cost you to do it, you're like, cool, I'll be ahead in two or three years and I'm going to do a 15 year mortgage instead of going back to 30. That's where it could work because 15 year mortgage rates are typically even better than 30 years because yeah. very few people do it. Well, yeah. congratulations because very few people um, really can can afford it, right? So that would, yeah. If you, yeah, because your, your, your home, monthly payment's higher if you do a 15 than a 30. Your yeah. requirement, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I always tell people, I'm like, look, I said, most most of my people are first-time homebuyers, right? Um, so I'm like, there's nothing wrong with a 30 year. People are like, oh, what about 15? What about a 10? And I'm like, look, if you do the 30, you can afford more house because your requirement is significantly less than if you were to do 15. But no one, you can always pay more to principal. So like you can pay it off in 15 if you want. You're just not required to. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, but sure, sure. if you can, right. if you qualify and you're comfortable and you can do a 15, you got a better rate. It's definitely, it's definitely worth it. Let me ask you this. Who's TC Horse, Horse, Horseman? My husband. Okay. What did he say? <laughs> I, I figured because, oh my God, he's left like 20 comments. Oh my God. Because <laughs> I figured because of the last name. Um, yeah. What's up, man? Um, he said, you don't have to refinance back into a 30, 15, 20, 25 year options plus 27, 28 and 29 year options. I don't know what that means, but. So uh, that you can refinance, like if you, if you were in a mortgage, like you just like bought a home last year, right? For 30, 30 year mortgage. And this year rates are like, they drop again. And you're like, well, fuck, I don't want to start over. You can do a 29 year mortgage. They exist. Or a 28 year mortgage. They exist. Oh, okay, okay. So he's a loan officer. Ah, so, okay. <laughs> so I'm like, this is not my expertise. Should have had him in here. This is what he does all day. <laughs> Y'all could attack team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would That's be good. Cool. That's good. Um, so here's here's another couple of ridiculous things that that I um came across earlier. Oh that, god, uh, babe, think, did you hear my ex-boyfriend story? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um this this will be a funny way to wrap up. Uh man tries to dodge COVID vaccine using fake arm. <laughs> so a dentist in Italy who needed a vaccine certificate offered up a rubber foam arm in an attempt to evade the actual shot. That is hilarious. <laughs> you can never underestimate people. Uh, a for creativity? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. I wouldn't go to that dentist, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't seem like he's on top of it. That's hilarious. Um, and a book was returned to the Idaho Library 110 years past its due date. And it's actually in great condition. It's called, um, it's the New Chronicles of Rebecca, whatever that is. Um, wow. If the library were to charge them late fees, it'd be $800. 
You'd figure it'd be worse, right? 110 years? Yeah. I was like, it's all that bad. Yeah, but 800 I guess, bucks. Is the fee from like what it was 110 years ago? Maybe. It's probably like two cents a day back yeah, then. To, to or check like out half a cent. Book. Yeah, right. Two cents was like a, a gallon of milk. Two cents milk. you could get an ice cream coat or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, probably, right? That's steep from back then. <laughs> yeah. Um, any final thoughts to wrap up? Let's get final thoughts. Um, How was your first podcast? It was fine. <laughs> I was nervous in the beginning, but then. I think I rambled on a lot. So I don't know. You tell me how my first podcast was. I, I, I had fun. Thank you for being here. <laughs> um, you know, the first, for, for me even, I mean, this is like my, my 70, I think I've done like 74, 75 of these. And um, the first five minutes, I always feel kind of stressed. I feel like I talk a little bit too fast in the first five minutes, but then once you, once the conversation gets going, yeah, uh, you know, just, I probably talk. We're, 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 we're sitting here amount. chatting. Sometimes a little wine kind of cools things down. For sure. If I feel like so, like sometimes people are just really a little bit too fast. Um, I have those days too, and it's like, let me just have a little sip of wine. Just Take to, a shot, please. Just to, yeah, right. Just to calm me down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, no, this was fun. And for anybody who's out there, like, actually tuning in for real estate, um, I say everything. I'm like, overall. I don't want it to be this like doom and gloom. Uh, do not be discouraged. Like real estate is still such a great investment. Um, and if you're on the fence and if you can, I'm like, jump in now. Equity is supposed to keep going up. People are supposed to, you know, prices are going to go up. So I feel like that's just more of a push for it's like, if you have a steady job, if you're willing and if you're able, like now's the time. Um, you know, I don't think anybody will ever need to regret it. We still have a ton of people pouring in from out of state, coming to Austin, coming to San Antonio. These giant companies are coming here. There's just so much demand. So, you Samsung, know, Amazon. own a piece of the country that you live in. Invest in it. Um, I agree. Yeah. And uh, buy a piece in the metaverse too. You never know. The metaverse. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, V. Thank you, Travelocity. <laughs> yeah, right. Travel <laughs> yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that for sure. Um, that's it. Later, everybody. Bye.